Do you guys have someone in your family that is overly dramatic? Just sit there. Let's sit in the awkwardness for a moment. You have someone in your family that is overly dramatic. Um, uh, no, none. Um, not at all. Not in our family either, and it's definitely not me. Um, if we're being honest, I think we could probably say that in the West, we're all pretty dramatic people, aren't we? We can all be pretty dramatic. We use phrases and words in our world, uh, in our culture, that don't really mean what we feel, right? We say things like, if we're having a bad day, it's the, the worst day ever. You ever say that you have a bad day at the office? It's the worst day. Never had a day this bad. You've probably had a worse day before, right? Uh, if, if, if we have an average meal that doesn't taste very good at a restaurant, we say, oh, this, this is disgusting. <laughs> is it really disgusting? Or is it just not great, you know? Um, but one phrase that we might use, the most, the most dramatic phrase of all time, is if we are hungry, what do we say when we're hungry? I am starving. starving. Our kids say it all the time, right? I'm starving. Um, we, we, our stomach starts to rumble, and that's our first thought. I'm starving, but we're not really starving. Actually, our bodies were designed, obviously, you know, to, to consume water and food and to, to have sustainability, all those things. Like, that's not a bad thing. Um, but surprisingly, we are pretty resilient people. One of my favorite shows is Alone. Um, if you've ever seen the Alone show where they just go in the middle of nowhere and try to survive, I love it. To watch these people that uh, have plenty of, um, what's the right way to say this, plenty of stuff stored up for them to survive. They, they become quit skinny really quickly, right? Um, but uh, they say that, uh, scientists say that without food or water that your body could last up to a week living up to a week, but with water only, you can last up to a few months, depending on what scientists, their nice way of saying um, is how much you have stored up in your body. <laughs> yeah, let that go there for a moment. Uh, why do I tell you this? Because uh, what food is to the body, prayer is to the soul or the spiritual life. What food is to the body, what nutrients are to the body, prayer is to the spiritual life or your soul. Um, and so Martin Luther famously said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That's heavy, isn't it? It's convicting. We hear those words and it's like, ooh, uh, you know, if you could just do what Ken said, that you're going to be a life giver. And if you could speak like uh, something encouraging this morning, that'd be great. Um, do we see prayer with that kind of significance? Do we see it with that kind of weight in our life? We know about prayer, right? We, we feel the need and the call in the scriptures for prayer and the, the sense that the Lord is drawing us to prayer. Uh, and, and, but for some reason, we put it on the back burner many times in our own lives and many times even in the church, right? If we were to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to call a prayer meeting at 5 p.m. tonight, I can guarantee us, now this is not, this is not to be judgmental, but we're not going to have the same crowd as we have in here this morning that we would have at 5 p.m. tonight. Well, maybe because Lighthouse Prayer Center meets here at 5 p.m. and we'll join with them. We, we put it on the back burner. We, worship, we love it, right? We're passionate about it. I love worship. love the singing. I love the songs. I play it in my car. We, I turn it all the way up and I sing at the top of my lungs. We're passionate about worship. Teaching God's word, yes. Love, love hearing God's word taught. We love to learn. Uh, but for some reason, when it comes to prayer, we relegate it to a few people. And we, we use this excuse and we say, well, they just have the, the gift of prayer. And we relegate it to those hyper-spiritual people. Now, this is, um, this is maybe controversial. Hopefully it's not because it's scriptural. As you know that there is not a gift of being a prayer warrior in the Bible. You can't find it in the spiritual gifts list. It's a gift of faith. Right? You can believe, you can, you can, you can structure yourself to, to do certain things, but it's not a gift in the Bible to say, you have, well, you have the gift of prayer. No, the gift of prayer is that you're a Christ follower. 
That's, that's the gift of prayer that you all, everybody in this room has the gift of prayer. And we've relegated it to a select few people because they're passionate about prayer and because they've been disciplined and they've spent time with the Lord and they know what prayer looks like and what a life of prayer looks like. And we say, well, that, we'll just ask them to pray for us rather than us pray for ourselves. You can make it a ways without prayer, but eventually, as with your body, without prayer or spiritual nutrients, your spiritual life is going to be lacking or a remnant of what it was or could be. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be this morning. Um, and we're going to, uh, I'm going to skip through some of this here today, but Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. I, I told you last week, this is going to kind of be an anchor point for us in this series um, as we're talking about what does it look like to be a person in a church of prayer. So let's look at Luke chapter 1 again. This is going to be something we read almost every Sunday uh, of this series. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And when he said, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And verse three is where we'll end today. Give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. Here's my main idea this morning. It won't be on the screen, but here it is. Prayer is not just for grand ideas and dreams for the future. It's for everyday needs. Prayer is just not for grand ideas and dreams for the future, but it is for everyday needs. So a couple of quick things uh, that I want to I want to walk through when it comes to daily bread. Daily bread is one, uh, God cares about your needs. Some of you need to let that soak in for a moment this morning. God cares about your needs and what you are going through. Deeply, he cares about them. The more that we as, as, as Americans live a life of plenty and abundance uh, is not our temptation to live this life of self-sustainability, right? As long as our bills are paid and we got money in the bank, we're doing things like we're, we're okay, like we're, we're fine, we're, 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 we don't have to worry about anything, we're self-sustainable. As long as we got food and water, shelter, a job, a reliable vehicle, it can be easy to forget that Jesus is inviting us to this relationship where he says, no, I, I want to I talk to you about what your daily needs are. I don't want you just to come to me with, with just your big things or just your dreams. Those things are great. They're not bad in and of themselves. But Jesus is, is speaking something very, very uh, important to us here is that Jesus wants, God wants to hear your daily needs. What is it that you need today? The idea that we don't have to rely on God for our next meal is a pretty Western idea, isn't it? look around the world and global hunger and suffering that goes around. They say that uh, according to the World Food Program, as many as 800 million people are going to go to bed hungry tonight. Think about 800 million people. It's things that most of us don't have to worry about. And I would imagine for them, they have no pretense about coming to God for their needs, do they? They have no, no pretense about, uh, about pursuing the Lord. Say, God, I, I just, I need food tonight. I need food. That, there's this daily need that they have. But for us, people like us, although that we have struggles, yes, but we're not on the edge of starvation. There's this idea that we have a hard time believing that God even wants to hear or care for our needs. I want to look back at verse 3, end of, end of chapter, or end of verse 2, end, end, and then verse 3 of chapter 11 in Luke. He says, your kingdom come and give us each day our daily bread. There's this, there's this kind of this shifting if you were to um, be a communicator and you, you, you teach a sermon, they talk about making good transitions, right? Like you're going to be smooth and take these people on a journey and all the things, right, that they, they teach us uh, as pastors and communicators. Um, this is not what Jesus does here. He's a great communicator. It's not, not like nitpicking Jesus' teaching. That would be a horrible thing for me to do. 
but there's this idea. He's talking about God's kingdom, like God's kingdom is going to come and invade the earth, and he's going to overpower the enemy. And in the, in the middle of this great, grand, big prayer, he says, oh, yeah, and uh, could I have daily bread as well? Author Tyler Statton says it's like Jesus in the mid- middle of this big, grand prayer says, God, can I, can I, is it okay? Can I have some lunch money today? You ever, you ever have your kids ask you that? Every day, right? God is personal. He's not far. He's not far removed from us. He's close. He cares about our wants and our needs, and our, he wants to hear our prayers. And I wonder um, if we believe it that way. Dallas Willard says this, God's response to our prayers are not, is not a charade. He does not pretend he is answering our prayer when he's only going to do what he was going to do anyway. Our requests really do make a difference in what God, or God does and does not do. Do we really believe that our needs matter and that prayer matters? Uh, in the Greek, this, this phrase, give us our daily bread, um, translates as give us, our, give us tomorrow's bread today. It's like this, this longing, this wanting of like, uh, God, I have this big need today. There, there's something that I need today. Like, I know, I know tomorrow's going to take care of but could I get tomorrow's bread today because I'm hungry. I have a daily need. Tyler Statton, I'm going to mention him and Paul Miller a lot today. Um, Authors of the books that I recommended last week says this, prayer is not the ascent of the soul to some other place. It deals directly with our basic day-to-day needs and wants. There's this idea that sometimes we make prayer this mystical event, that prayer is this, we, we kind of step outside of ourselves and we, we pray only big things or only big dreams, and that's where we go with prayer. Yet Jesus says, no, it's much different than that. God says, I want to meet your daily needs. We pray for the big stuff. Pray for the dreams, yes. But don't forget that God cares for your daily needs as well. The second thing is this, is that we need to be comfortable vocalizing our needs. We need to be comfortable vocalizing our needs. Um, you know, there's this, there's this fine line in life, I believe, of wants and needs. It's a lot shorter when you're younger, right? When, you're, when you have kids, if you're a kid in a room, cover your ears for a second because I'm talking talk about you. Um, your kids, right, they, they, don't, they don't know that line between the two. It's like, I need that new video game, right? I need the new iPhone because my, t- my classmate has it. Right? I, I need those things. I need those new shoes. And we could pick on the, we could pick on the kids, right? But how, do, how often do we talk about that? Oh, you see that new vehicle. And it's like, oh, man, I so need that for my job. No, you don't. Right? You might. You might. Maybe. maybe. But do you really? I, I need that, that new house. I need that new thing that Chip and, Chip and Joanna just put in that new house. That's a, that's a need. It's not a want. I know. It's well easy. Don't talk about Chip and Joe, right? Why is it that we talk to our friends and family about, about wants? We discuss them, but for some reason we have a hard time talking about our needs. Why would we be afraid to share our needs with the one who already knows them? Think about this for a moment. In Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount in the Lord's Prayer, he's talking about the Pharisees in prayer. In Matthew 6, 8, he says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before them. He's like, he's telling them, don't, don't throw out these empty prayers. God knows what you need. He knows what you need. Like, come to him with simple prayers. So he knows about it. This is part of the mystery and the wonder of prayer, isn't it? God knows what we need. He knows what we're going to ask him. Yet, there's something instinctively that Jesus, Jesus said he, he wants us to ask the Father. It's one of the most interesting stories in the Bible, John chapter 5, 
verses 1 through 9. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which is, has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. And he said to them, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps in before me. And Jesus says to him, get up, take your mat or take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and took up his bed and walked. Jesus asked this lame beggar the most like preposterous question you could think of. Like he walks up to him, do you want to be healed? I mean, that would be the equivalent of us if we see a homeless person on a street corner that has a sign that says, I don't need money, I just need food. And we walk up to him and say, what do you need? Right? It's like, it's like the old Bill Ingvall thing. Like, where, here's your sign. I think what, what I'm trying to get at is that Jesus just wanted him to vocalize what he needed. There's power when we are able to vocalize our needs. We have this idea that if we ask for help, then we're less than, which is totally, I just want to, listen, I love our country, but this is an American idea that that we can't ask for our needs, that we're going to tough it out, um, that I don't need help. I'm just going to make it happen on my own. And here's the truth that we need to get into our minds today, that I want to get into your mind this morning from the word of God. We are weak. We as, as people, as human, humanity, we are weak. And I know that's not in your self-esteem trainings that you teach or you heard in your elementary classes, right? Like, think highly of yourself. Be encouraged. You're awesome. You're great. Well, you come to church and it's like, you're weak. <laughs> but stay with me for a moment. The more, the more that we see our weakness, the better it is for our soul and our, the posture of our soul. Paul the Apostle wrote, who's probably tougher than any, I would say not probably, is tougher than any man that is in this room, any woman in this room, beaten multiple times within an inch of his life, imprisoned, horrible things done to him. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I boast in my weakness." seems to be different than what we hear and see today, doesn't it? We boast in our strength. We boast in our willpower, our discipline. According to Paul and according to Jesus, we should be boasting in our weakness. Paul Miller says this, we received Jesus because we were weak and that's how we follow him. The more that we pray and we ask, um, the more that we build that relationship. I want, I want to get practical for a moment. Um, what is your daily bread? What's your daily bread? You don't have to, I'm not asking you to shout it out. It's a rhetorical question. Um, some of y'all got really nervous. Like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> What's your daily bread? What, what is that for you? Um, I would venture to say for most of us, it's not actually food. It may be if, if the prices of food keeps going up, right? We're not eating as many eggs in our house. Is it wisdom at work? Is it wisdom to make that big decision, that that choice that you have coming up? Is it patience? 
Is it to control your emotions? Is it for parenting help? What, what is your daily bread this morning? Now, as we think about those daily needs, we're, I think what we're going to see is as we begin to bring those things before the Lord, we're going to start to see our intimacy with him grow even more. The last one, third one, um, and I'm rushing through this. God is not, here, here's, this, is, this one's big. God is not bothered by your smallest need. God is not bothered by your smallest. We tend to relate God to our human relationships, don't we? Um, and, and so if you have kids uh, or if you have worked with kids, you know that there is an age range that kids ask a lot of questions. Hmm. Hmm. It's usually between two years old and full-grown adults. And as a parent, um, this is confession time for myself, I have a limit on questions. I don't know if y'all, are y'all more spiritual than I am? Because I, I just, I have a limit. It's just, I, I hit it. Um, yeah. I just want to remind you this morning that God has no end to his patience. That your coming to him is not like you going to your earthly father where he's going to be impatient or have a limit of his questions. There's this invitation that God is saying to us that is so beautiful. It's like every little detail I want you to bring to me. I can take it. I can meet that need. There's a beauty in that. He's not bothered by you. He's not frustrated by your constant needs or questions. In fact, I would say this. uh, Being a needy Christian is probably the right posture for us to have when it comes to God anyways. Paul Miller says this, we either believe that he's too big or that that we're not important. No wonder that Jesus told us to be like little children because little children are not daunted by the size of their parents. They come regardless. All throughout scriptures in the gospel, we see persistence rewarded in prayer. See God, these invitations to come. uh, And we've seen it even in our own lives, but we convince ourselves that we don't want to bother God. Like God's got so much going on, right? Um, God's got so much going on in this world. Like he's not, he doesn't need to be bothered by this little thing that I have in relation because we know that, right? For most of us in the room, it's like the things that we're going through, it's like, yes, it can be tough, but is it in relation to what's happening in like the Middle East? Is it that big? But there's this invitation he gives that says, no, no, where you are, the life that you're living, the needs that you have, bring them to me. I want to read a verse out of Psalm chapter 116, and then I'm going to read it out of a different translation. ESV says it this way. I I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. Here's the NLT translation. I love this translation. This, of this verse. He says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen to me. Think about that for a moment, that we serve a God who not only sits on a royal throne, but will bend his knee so he could hear you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that just, it just, it's, there's so much beauty in that line that you are not a bother to God that just as a good earthly dad would kneel down and listen to their children, God does the same for you and I. Prayer is not just grand ideas and dreams for the future. It's for every, every day, every day needs. Team, you can come back. I just want you to make a note. That might be the shortest sermon I've ever preached in my entire life. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to, Um, I'm going to ask you to get your phone or your device out for a moment. 
Or if you're taking notes, you can, you can write down physical notes. Like I, I forget that you know, paper is good too. I love, I love paper notes, by the way. Um, either you're taking paper notes or get your phone out. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As the team begins to play, I want you to make a note of what your daily bread prayers are. What are your daily bread prayers? Is it patience? Is it financial provision? Is it healing? Is it help with your parenting, your marriage? What is it that you need? What is it that that you have been holding on to, trying to will in your own power to perfection or to some kind of resolution that that you you just need to learn to let go and say, okay, I'm going to bring this before the Lord today. God God wants to hear you this morning. He wants to bend down on his knee and he wants to listen to what you have. I'm not going to force you to do it this week like I did last week, but um, the team's going to play, and you're welcome um, to move out of your seat for a moment if you would like. You're welcome to stay in your seat for a moment. Um, And what I'm going to ask you to do, as the team plays and sings a song here, I'm just going to ask you, um, don't sing the words of the song. Only it's between you and the Lord this morning. I want you to spend some time in prayer. For some of you, this is really difficult because you've been conditioned to not bring anything minor, what would seem minor to the Lord. It's like, mm, I, I, don't, I don't need to do that. Or as we talked about last week, right? We hallow the, the, the name of the Lord before we worship, we praise him. But what is it that you need today? What is your daily bread? And I'm gonna ask you, don't sing. I want you to spend some time praying with the Lord. Pray those daily, daily bread prayers. What, is, what, is, what do you need? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as the team sings this morning.